started. <sighs> All right. Yes. This is, uh, what is this, third? Episode three. Episode three, the uh, ATW Above the Water podcast. Um, actually, we have a special guest, my boy, Adrian. Um, yeah, so how many, uh, excuse me, I'm moving the mic. How many uh, podcasts have you done, Adrian? Zero. Zero, so this is number one. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like to talk to people, so mm-hmm. I don't really do that. No, I, so there's like a mixture. It's like you don't really like talking to people, but then no one's really asked you, so. So, but then you don't like people talking to you, This so there's this like weird like paradox thing. That's cool. So. Yeah, I guess we caught you on a good day. Yeah, we did. We actually did. I'm so happy. And then you brought some LaCroix. But um, yeah, I guess um, we can kind of jump into it. Um, Like the whole concept of above the water is, you know, like what, you know, what have you done and what are you doing currently to to have got to, you know, get you where you are today in your, you know, chosen career or you know your path your uh you know what you are into doing you know what I mean like what's your thing you know what I mean there's that cliche do what you love um and I think that's we can kind of start from there do you love what you do yes I do nice um, it's so fun I have fun mm-hmm. it's stressful but I feel like I was born stressed so mm-hmm. That's interesting. Born stress. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I love it and I have fun. It's cool. Good. Can we back up and we ask, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to. sure how to. Yeah. But, yeah, I do uh, photo and video work. Um, I enjoy doing videos more, I think, than photos, but photos are really cool, too, because you can capture a lot of stuff. Right. Is it like almost like you can you feel like you can add context to photos where with the video the the context is kind of presenting itself as the video rolls on? Yeah, like with the photo I can make up an entire background story that has nothing to do with the image probably at all. It's just like it's pretty cool, yeah. It looks cool and then I'll make up a story and most people would probably believe it. But I think that's the whole thing with art too. Mm-hmm. It's not really just the image, it's the story behind it. So Sure, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if it has, like, some meaning behind it, too. You know, it's, like, kind of inspiring, you know what I mean? And it's cool to even take an image and then have someone else tell you what it means or what they think it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, mm. no, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Or the new work that was what I was going for. And then you can take that and then tell that to someone else that looked at the work. That's cool. But with the videos, we can kind of do that, too. Think about... Um, documentaries you can shoot a whole documentary and then when you edit it you control the narrative mm, right so that's kind of cool that you can do that too um, 
to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's cool just like telling stories, whether it's true or not or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just having something that's beautiful and creating it and putting it out there. And uh, life can be in a good place. That's awesome. Uh, and you started off, you know, with, you know, taking pictures. We could, you know, go back in time and kind of uh, talk about like, you know, as much as you want, you know, like your childhood and kind of working into, you know, because I remember you told me, you know, that, you know, you always been into like film and stuff like that. So you always had like a, like an interest in film and stuff like that. And so growing up, you'd watch a lot of movies and then you just like started picking things up from these movies. And then, you know, yeah, take us through that. That would be awesome. Um, so probably when I was like two and a half. Nice. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, um, yeah, growing up, um, I like to tell people that my VCR was my babysitter. Mm. Um, I grew up in a single-parent household. It was just me and my mom and uh, my sister. All my other siblings were gone mm. off somewhere else. Um, and then sometimes my sister was gone, too. So my mom would just go to, like, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video is cheaper, so Nice. And she let me pick out a couple of movies. And it didn't even matter what it was. So I'd pick out like UFC 4. Nice. And like Back in the day, bro. Super old. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would just watch dudes beat the shit out of each other. That's super entertaining, yeah. Whatever, like Casino. And I shouldn't have been watching Casino at probably like 5 or 8 or mm-hmm. something. I haven't ever, uh, like, haven't even seen it, so I definitely have to check it out. On the training day, I mm. remember I was a kid babysitting some other kids, and they had training day on VHS. I popped it in, and I was like, "This movie's amazing." Such a good movie. Yeah, yeah. and I was a kid, like, uh, probably in like fourth or fifth grade or something. So what's that? Like nine or ten? You're watching Training Day? Yeah. So did you learn anything off of it? <laughs> like, that's like uh, corruption. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome, though. At the same time, it's probably just. I feel like you, I don't know, stuff like that, like, advances you. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, um, I also tell people, too, like, growing up without dads, it's like, well, I mean, I use figures from movies and stuff, too, or, like, I learned a lot from mm-hmm. movies, like, shaving and shit, and it's like, I didn't know, you know, you would put, like, a hot towel on your face, and then you mm-hmm. put shaving cream, and then shave, and then there's aftershave and all that stuff. Right, so right. I was never taught. So you didn't even have a, like, 
you didn't even know that was a concept as far as like doing photography and film and stuff like that. You had no idea. You just liked movies and like you, it was just cool to you. Yeah, they were just there. They were like, just there. Were like, cool, this is here. Um, so I never was like, I could make that, dude. I could probably do that. Right, right. And then um, it wasn't until I was like older and I had already, um, I was kicked out of like where I was living as a teenager and went to go live somewhere else. And then I got tired of living there. And I got, um, I tried to enroll, in, or I did enroll in school. And it was like a basic community college thing. Took out student loans, and they just gave me some cash. So I was like, "Oh shit, I got like some cash, dude." That's right. Cool. <laughs> um, and I mean, no one, uh, none of my siblings or cousins or anyone ever went to college. And only one of my siblings graduated high school at the time, hmm. but she graduated um, high school. I think she was probably pregnant with her second kid. Okay. So that's kind of different. Yeah. I guess I was the first one to go to college, and uh, they just gave me a bunch of money, so I was like, this is cool, um, I'm just going to buy a car and leave, so I bought um, a 1991 Nissan Sentra. Nice. And I was like, it's cool, because we're the same age. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yes, yeah. born together, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I drove to Denton, Texas, and um, when I bought the car, the guy was like, you need to change the tires before you leave. Uh-oh. It's fine. And I didn't have the money to change right. the tires. Like, the car was 1100 which now I'm like, I paid way too much for that car. Um, and he was like, oh, I'll give you the deal. Like, just give me 1000 and keep the 100 And I was like, all right. But I probably should have paid like 400 for the car. Right. Oh, wow, yeah. Whatever. Um, I didn't change the tires. I didn't have the money. I took off to Denton. Tire exploded. Um, I didn't have a jack or um, the little thing to change. Oh yeah, it's like that lock so key. I pulled over at a truck stop. I'm asking these truckers, I'm like, hey, can you help me change my tires? They're like, no, dude, we got these giant ass tires. Like, we don't carry like little shit for little cars. So um, somebody helped me out, and I was on my little spare, and they're like, you can't go over like 60 on this thing because your tires gonna melt and explode, and you're gonna be in the same position. So uh, I was only probably like an hour, hour and a half outside of Houston at this point. Oh, it should have been man. like a four-hour drive. It ended up being like an eight-hour drive, mm-hmm. given everything. And it was in the middle of the summer. My AC went out. I was sweating. Oh, man. Dying. My phone died. I didn't know where I was going. So I pulled over into a hotel. Um, I was in the lobby. just like plugged my phone in. And, and they knew that I wasn't supposed to be there. And they are giving me like weird looks. I'm like, they're about to kick me out. So I just wrote the directions down really fast. And I taped it onto my steering wheel. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And then the key map books. The key map books. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I finally made it, and uh, I only knew one person in Denton, and they had a house, and like, hey, we have a room. It's the smallest room in the house. You'll pay the smallest amount of rent. So I was like, cool. Um, and I get there, and it's a tiny room, but it's, it's a room. It's whatever. But in the closet, this is random. There was a bunch of cat shit. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> what? So the the guy had a cat, and I guess like the cat just loved to shit in that closet. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, dude, there's a bunch of shit in this closet." Like, oh man! Like, 
picked up your cat's shit out of the closet. <laughs> um, so that was weird. Yeah. It's a ratty ass house, dude. Like, the place is like messed up. Um, and the, the toilet would always back up and like flood the hallway. Oh, man. It was really shitty. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> really shitty. Figuratively yeah. and literally. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And I took the first job that I could find, which was at Kroger. Okay. Uh, and above minimum wage was cool. Nice. It was only five cents above minimum wage. It didn't mm. really matter. And, um, yeah, I just was trying to survive, basically. I had never lived on my own or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, Survival. I to choose between, like, eating or paying my phone bill. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I have to eat, so yeah. I stopped paying my phone bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was like, I got to figure out, again, if I'm going to be able to pay this rent and eat or whatever. So then I stopped paying my car insurance. And um, just stopped paying for shit. And then it just wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. then I started stealing food from Kroger. <laughs> so I was like, it's there. I work right. here, so I got to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I started losing a bunch of weight because I wasn't eating as much. Um, I think I ended up losing, like, 60 pounds or something over that year. Whoa, which wow. Which like, really crazy. 60 I got, pounds. Like, super skinny. Um, Dang. Which, I mean... I wish I could probably lose like 20 <laughs> These days, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, just don't eat. You know? Yeah, just don't eat. Uh, and then um, I needed more hours, so I just was like, where can I work here? So I started working in different departments, which was cool. I started working in the bakery, but then I learned how to decorate cakes, which is a random thing. And then I started working in the deli, so um, that was my favorite because I could eat throughout the day. I mm. would like slice meat and cheese and just fucking eat it and just be like, all right, I'm good. Nice. And then, you know, as a, a cashier, um, but for some reason, ever since I was a teenager, I always wanted to work at Starbucks. And I just thought it was like some kind of prestigious thing to like work at Starbucks. Nice. But I think it, that also stemmed probably from the movies, too, where you see Starbucks in the movies and it's all glorified mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was like, man, this looks like I want to work. And uh, I just could never work there. I was mm. never hired. But in the Kroger, they had a Starbucks. Okay. And then eventually I got in and there. And that was cool because we had a daily tip out. So I would get a few bucks every day and then just buy a little bit of food mm. um, and just eat random ass old pastries that they were throwing away. Right. Like that. So that was cool. So were you making like the sweet uh, creamer art on the top of the coffee? Because my at home coffee experience is never going to be like <laughs> Starbucks where there's just a cool design, like a Christmas tree waiting at the top yeah, of my cup. Yeah, it just depends on. Did they teach you that? Okay. It's yeah. more about, um, I'd say it's more about quantity than quality. It's like, hey, okay. get these drinks out. As oh, I see. Sure, of right, course. Right. Yeah. Um, and then when you, sometimes, it depends, I guess, maybe some managers are better, but when I would try to do that, yeah. like, oh shit, man, I made some stuff and then it just depends. Like, hey, like, stop playing around, get it out or whatever. So right. that's more of a perk than a requirement. Right. But, yeah. Okay. So if you have downtime and someone orders one and you have more time to do sure. it, then you can make it make it pretty so uh up until this point where you're at in your life it's like like all survival like you don't have anything like anything to do with like um like the film and photography yeah that's still not a thing it's yeah more just like how can i live on my own and figure that out right mm-hmm. okay and where is the money coming from to pay for my next mm. bill or food or right whatever. so then you transferred from 
the Starbucks that was inside the store, correct? They're all separate. Like, oh. Um, that, the one inside, I thought you could do that. I thought you just go from one Starbucks to the other. But the ones inside, like Target and Kroger and grocery stores and stuff, they're licensed. Oh, wow. Um, so you're a Kroger employee or a Target employee, and you work for Kroger, not for Starbucks. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, they license that from there. Like Barnes & Noble, it's Barnes & Noble Cafe that serves Starbucks uh, drinks. Oh, okay. So even though I had the experience, I technically never worked for Starbucks. Oh, interesting. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a new one opening up, new store, and I was like, I need to get in there. And uh, my roommate at the time, was cat shit in my closet, he <laughs> worked at a Starbucks, like an actual one. Okay. And his manager was the lady that was going to open up the new one. Hey, talk to her mm-hmm. if you can and tell her I want to work there. So I interviewed and um, yeah, I ended up getting hired there. So then I worked at Starbucks and made a little bit more money. Cool. Um, I was still eating whatever I could, like old sandwiches and shit they were throwing away. Um, and I ended up, um, what, what threw me off was that when I first moved to Denton, you know, I was told like I would pay the least amount of rent compared to everyone else because they had the smallest room. Mm-hmm. But after the first month, it was like, hey, we're splitting everything even. So I was like, oh, oh that's messed I up. Because like, mm-hmm. I don't make any damn money. Which yeah. Is what I was saying, like, I needed to figure out stuff too because like I didn't make enough to afford um, car insurance, solar phone bill, rent, electricity, internet, gas, water, like. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, so then uh, I was working at that Starbucks for a while, probably like a year or two or something, and um, then this girl came up to me one day and gave me her phone number, so Uh that's really cool. Yeah. I've never had anybody do that before. Usually... It's like the other way around, huh? Well, not even. I just... Just didn't, yeah. I just don't really date or anything, even like in school. That just like wasn't a thing for me. <laughs> she must have loved that cup of coffee. <laughs> right. You did something. So, uh, yeah, right. I guess I was cute and skinny enough. So then we went out on a few dates, and that was really cool. And we started dating. And then we, um, shortened it, we ended up moving in together. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, the same thing applied, where I would just watch movies all the time still. Mm. And I was just always watching them. I'd get off work, and I'd just watch something. And I'd be up all day at night watching movies, and looking at cameras and checking out um, other people's photography on the internet and I was like man that's really cool I don't know how I'm gonna do this and stuff mm. um, and then so for my birthday my uh, girlfriend bought me a camera and it was really cool because it was like super unexpected cool and um, that's a whole different story too right it's kind of a funny one but um, I had a camera mm-hmm. so it was an old camera I think it was from like 1929 Whoa. Um, it's um, a 120 film camera, which is like a medium format, which a lot of people don't really do hmm. anymore, I guess. So I bought film for it, loaded it up, took images, and then um, had them developed. And when I had them developed, I was so surprised at how they looked that I was like, this doesn't make sense. Are you sure like this is my role of film? Oh, wow. Because this looks good. Wow, yeah. Um, hmm. So I was super happy with how it turned out and then I pretty much became obsessed mm. and I was just buying film and photographing everything that I could photograph mm-hmm. and learn how to use the camera because it doesn't come with a light meter or anything mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want to buy a light meter because you know they're like a hundred something dollars right right 
figure out how to use it so that way I can do my own light meter. That's cool. The world. Yeah. Um, so I burned through a bunch of film, and then um, Starbucks has like an employee purchasing program kind of thing. They team up with other companies, and it's usually like Sprint. You get ten percent off your bill, mm-hmm. or ten percent off tickets to Disney World, or you play pay in full. You plan a thing, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So. Randomly, I got on to check it out one day, and they partnered with Canon, and it was like, oh, hey, get 40% off refurbished cameras, mm-hmm. like digital cameras. And I was like, let me try and step into the digital world. And this was already after like a year, mm-hmm. maybe two, probably one, of uh, shooting on film and learning as much as I could. Right. And, and that just was like the foundation for you on that, that first camera you had, because it's all manually, like you yeah, said, the light. Yeah, it's um, like the light. Thing too, like I didn't know anything about anything, so I just was going for it. And um, I thought it'd be a good idea to buy a digital camera. And um, the price was like stupid low. It was like 200 or something like that for Canon T5i. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what they go for now, but I was like, I know it's like really cheap. So I used my rent money to buy it. Nice. Part of my rent money, and I was like, I can make it up. Yeah, something. figure it out. And I've never used a digital camera, so again, I still didn't really know what I was doing because it's like it can transfer over, but it's different. Mm-hmm. There's all these weird buttons and modes and shit like aperture priority mm-hmm. or sports mode or whatever, whatever. So I was like, I don't know what any of this shit right. is. I don't know how I'm going to make up for $200. I don't remember how I made it up, but I made it up. <laughs> and um, yeah, again, doing the same thing. I just started shooting whatever I could with the digital camera and trying to find people that let me do work for them and pay me for it, which I think is crazy now that people did pay me for it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have paid me for it. <laughs> uh, I even look at work now that I did it, and I was like, damn. I did that? <laughs> Someone paid me for that? Yeah. <laughs> right. But some of it, I'm like, damn, I really did that. Like, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Um, and then, um, yeah, that turned into me meeting other people, I guess, in, the, in those kind of, like, communities and stuff. And this local, um, I guess it's a bistro kind of thing. It was like a coffee shop, but like a place to have lunch and dinners, but they also have open mics and stuff at night. That's cool. Um, they were closing down and they had been there for like, I don't know, 10, 20 years or something like that. And it was like the only place in town that let teenagers do open mic nights uh, because you have to be uh, 21 at other places because it's always bars. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like the only place in there. Or you could be 18 or under, or even like 14 and do open mic nights. Oh. So I felt like that was really important to do, and they were closing, so it's like there's no other place like that in town. Um, so where are these kids going to go? And then it's like, why don't I make a documentary? Yeah, that's like super short cool. Short little documentary. And it's like, well, they close in two weeks. Um, and it's like, I have one camera, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to do. And um, I just met people, and they knew people, mm-hmm. and we just banded together really quick, filmed all this stuff within two weeks. I think it was actually within a week after we like secured people and interviewed for interviews and got other people to like help with lighting and other shit like that. Um, so then we interviewed these people and we did a post interview and that was it. The place closed and it's still closed. Um, but you have your documentary now and and uh, it turned out really well. I think so, yeah. And I think it was more for them too. Mm-hmm. Like, they got the people who owned the place and had been there for forever got to hear 
other people talk about the place. And right. There's people that they probably didn't even know um, would go there that often. Mm-hmm. Certain bands would play there. It's just mad. And like to hear all these people talk about how that place had an impact on them, I think was really good for the owners to hear too. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, hey, this is why this place was important, and it was important to this many people, and more than that. Right. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, also, absolutely. It was like I got to make something like a video. I think that was one mm, of the yep. earliest, not one of my first like dabbles in video. Cool. Um, and then you were hooked. Yeah, because it was cool. Like yeah, to see that, to see all these people come together for this one place, um, and to make this and share that with them. And um, so I interviewed these people, these two guys. They their names were Matt and Corey, and they were, I want to say probably like 25 or 26 at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you were younger, huh? Then then? Yeah, I was probably, I don't know, 23, 25 also. Okay. So I think we're around the same age. And um, they, at the time, I think it was like their second year for a music festival that they founded in Lance. And that was amazing to me because I was like, wait, you're like 24, 25 years old. What do you mean? that you founded and run a music festival. Like, that doesn't make sense. Usually that's, right. I think it was like 40-year-olds. Yeah, that right. Have all this money and this, this, and that. Um, but, yeah, I found their story to be really interesting and stuff. So, mm. one random day, uh, Denton is in Tornado Alley, so every time a thunderstorm, it's just like tornadoes and shit. Oh, wow. Like going off. Um, we were on the um, campus, the university campus, because I was like, there's a tornado. Campus is a pretty solid place to be because right. it's solid. Yeah. Um, so I'm just sitting there at, uh, in a computer lab with my girlfriend and she's like studying and stuff. I'm just hanging out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call that Matt dude from that music festival. And my girlfriend's like, yeah, like, there's tornadoes going on outside. It's like a bad time. I'm like, I don't care. Like, something is like telling me to call him like right now. Mm. So I call him and I'm like, hey, dude, um, this is you know, Adrian from you know, I shot a documentary a while back and stuff. And I was like, I think what you guys do is like really cool. Um, the music festival thing's really cool. Uh, I'd like to kind of surround myself with people like that, like younger people that are out there like doing stuff and trying to make stuff happen. And um, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so can I like do some work for y'all? And join whatever it is that you do. And um, I mean, they easily could have just been like, nah, bro, we're not taking it. Right. Uh, we don't know you or whatever. Right. But, but you asked, like, that's like the the main takeaway here is like, you like just went for it and asked him. I mean, the least they could say was no, you know? Right. Yeah. So he was like, sure, we have these two shows coming up. One of them's for um, Rick Rap, this rapper dude, and one's for Lil Debbie, which is this rapper girl. And um, I was like, all right, hell yeah. <laughs> Few months before the festival, I got an email, and 
but it was like, hey team, you know, this is that. So I was like, hey, I think um, y'all sent me to Ohio State. And they were like, no, they were like, yeah, you're gonna run the oh, wow. department for the festival. And I was like, oh shit, all right. That's insane, man. That's I bet that was a great feeling. Yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty cool because I didn't expect it. And also, I'm surprised they let me do it. <laughs> and I was saying, too, like, yeah, I think even my work back then, it's totally different from the way it looks now. Um, but, yeah, they gave me that opportunity, and um, I ran with it, and I did the best that I could, and I did the festival for them for a few years. But in that, I met other people. Like, I met some people from this magazine. Yeah. They are like, hey, come out and do this show for me in Dallas. And I was like, I don't want to travel over to Dallas, but it's like 40 minutes. But it's not that far. That's not now. that's not that bad. Yeah, that's not that bad at all. So I was like, all right, fine. Um, so I went and did a bunch of shows for them. They're like, hey, do some more. So I'm like, all right, cool. And they're like, do you want to like work for us? And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Which work usually makes money, but there was no money involved. Oh. It was just like, hey, just go do all this, go all this cool shit, photograph it. So that was cool for me too, because it's like, all right, I'll just photograph all this cool shit. So I mm-hmm. just did it. Yeah. And. Um, so I just did more music, more music festivals, more concerts and shows and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, at the same time, more and more people. Really, at the same time, working at Starbucks. Yeah, I was still working at Starbucks for a day job, so I was going around 4:30, 5 a.m., get off at one, and try and now do my day to day stuff, go do all the shows, concerts at night. Wow. Get back around one or two, um, depending, and then yeah, just go back to work. Wow. So it was kind of a Struggle, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was cool. I was doing all kinds right. of photographing like Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. and Death Grips, Janelle Monae, like all these super famous people, and it was crazy because I never thought that getting a film camera and like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and then now I'm wow. like at all these shows with all these famous people photographing them and hanging out with them backstage, right? doing all this stuff um, and I just kept meeting more and more people and putting myself out there more um, Wow! and then you know I moved to Houston because um, my girlfriend got into medical school in Houston so I was like alright yeah let's see South Houston I'll go back I mean yeah. it's cool I was here when I was a kid so it's different mm-hmm. now I'm like an adult I can actually do shit <laughs> right like, go wherever I want drinks beer you know I pay for my own shit so no one can tell me Right, exactly. So we came to Houston, work at Starbucks because I could transfer. Um, and I spent about a year doing that. The hurricane hit, so I worked at like 12 different Starbucks because the one I originally worked at was flooded. And I met more people. And I met this guy, and he was like, oh, my wife's a photographer. And I was like, that's cool. Can I like work with her? And he was like, I don't know. I don't have to. But still, I was just asking. Like, right. Was like, hey, I'm trying to find mm-hmm. a job doing this. And um, I didn't see them for a while, like months and months and months. And I'm at working at another random at Starbucks, and um, this is still in 2017. And um, I started photographing in 2015. I did my first music festival with my digital camera in 2015. Wow. And then I got involved with the music festival guys. So it had only been two years. Mm. And um, but I did as much work as I could. So yeah, Houston 2017. Um, I'm working at a random Starbucks, and that guy whose girlfriend's a photographer, um, they came into my Starbucks that I was at, and I was like, oh shit, what's up, guys, you know? And they're like, hey, look, what are you doing? Have you found a job right. doing photo video stuff? I'm like, obviously not. I mean, I'm still fucking Starbucks. 
But at the time, um, I applied for an editor position for Space City Films. Mm. They do um, video work for like NASA, SpaceX, and stuff like that. So when I created a demo reel for them to be an editor, all my stuff was music-based. Mm. I was just doing nothing but concerts and right. music festivals. Um, so I was like, I'm probably not going to get this. Like, They get all these secret um, military government contracts, and they do shit for SpaceX right. and NASA. So it's like, I'm just music dude. <laughs> right. so it's like, I'm just, this is all the shit that I've got, you know? So yeah. I can put something together for sure. And yeah, absolutely. Work. It's not like the military wants crazy transitions, after effects, tracking, right. graphics. Like, oh, so yeah. I was like, come on, man. So I was like, no, you know, I need to reach for this one position uh, with them. And like, okay, so then they leave. But when they leave, um, the, his, I think it was his wife, it's like his wife comes back in like a minute later and she's like, oh, hey, actually, I just remembered this. I have this friend who works for this company and they're looking for a person to do social media, but it's more like photo video based stuff. So like, that's kind of what you do. So um, I can send you that link. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, just text me the link. So then she sent it to me. And um, so I get home and I apply and it's like, oh, you need a bachelor's degree and all this stuff. And I'm like, damn, I don't have that at all. So I applied anyway. Right. Cause it's like, maybe I can like, you know, talk to somebody and just be like, hey. Yeah, look at my work, look at my work. Yeah, do this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I interview with them, which is cool. And I don't hear back for like two months or something. Wow. And they're like, hey, we want a second interview. So I'm like, cool, that's really good. Yeah. So I interview again and then I don't hear anything for like another two months. And I'm still at Starbucks. And at that point, I had told my manager, I was like, hey, I'm trying to move up and be like an assistant manager. Because I was um, a shift manager. So I was like, if I'm not getting a job doing what I want to do right now, at least I want to move up and mm-hmm. make more money to be in a better position to pursue my own freelance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really want to be a manager there, but whatever. So right. um, I was like, if not, I just got to find somewhere else to work. And I'm letting you know that I've already interviewed at a couple places and stuff. Um, so I was just trying to see if maybe they'd be like, all right, fine, we'll like move you up so you don't leave. And I don't think they really gave a shit because it's just like, all right, well, we can find someone else. Like, right. Everyone's trying to work here. Right, so, yeah. Um, we can train this position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I'm at home and it's still 2017. It's um, probably March. So yeah, around this time. It was actually around this time. Oh, yeah. And I got this call. I'm like drinking beer. I'm about to start making crawfish because I love crawfish. Yes. I get this random phone call and it's from that company. And they're like, hey, um, we have an offer for you. It's for this much. So if you know you want to accept or whatever you think about it, just let us know. Give us like, let us know within like a week or two. And I was hyped as hell. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, I said, I mean, can I just accept it right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, if you want. I said, all right, cool, yeah, I accept it then. Like, you, take it. you didn't even like want to try and like um, bargain yeah, with him, no, like, no, talk no, to him, was, I think negotiate. The, the salary of it was, it was about, I think, two and a half times what I was making at Starbucks. Oh, so yeah. Like, Done deal. Done deal. Like, and um, so I took the job, and um, three years later, um, two, two weeks would be my three year anniversary. Nice. I still do, I still do that job. Cool. Um, and I do social media 
for them, but mainly I just shoot ads and video mm -hmm. and photos. Yeah. And just I just create ads. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, I kind of turned, I guess, my hobby for photography and video mm -hmm. into like a career. Yeah. Um, but the, my current customer is social media. Yeah. I think you need to get your work noticed. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. It really, it really is. is. Like, I wish I could not be on social media. Right, and right. Put stuff out there and yeah. Get noticed, but you have to. So, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that's just the game that we have to play. You know what I mean? Exactly. To, and, you know, you have good work. It's like you can't just go out there and just, like, film something or take pictures of something and just be like, okay, I'm good. Like, no one yeah. will see it. Yeah. No Unless one. you go to, like, art school or something and they have galleries for you they fund all your stuff and they have all the opportunities and connections right. to get you in the gallery mm -hmm. and all that stuff but it, um, it's based off of really yeah. thing for me either yeah. like, I never really thought about it too much um, because no one else in my family did they mm -hmm. were just like either didn't graduate and if the one person did graduate it was just like okay well I'm just gonna find a job somewhere right. and just work yep. like that's it so that's why I'm like no that, that shit sucks yeah no yeah. So, um, but yeah, so uh, that girlfriend that uh, bought me that camera back in like 2014, 2015, mm. or I think I think it's even 2013. It was 2013, I think. Yeah. Because it was 2013. When was 2013? Because I didn't get my first Switch camera until like 2015. Mm. But um, yeah, we we ended up. I ended up marrying her. Oh, nice. She married me. I don't want. Right. Congrats. Yeah. Because yeah. it is like. I bought you this camera. I invested in you. You better <laughs> yeah, get right. some return yeah, on this. It was cool because it, it wasn't something that, um, again, that was ever possible for me. Like, I never thought that I could get a camera because mm -hmm. it was, like, crazy expensive. Yeah, yeah. And she was nice enough to get one for me, and it pretty much changed my life. So I was like, why wouldn't I marry this person? Right, right. You changed my life. I'm a married. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. It, and it's like, so I'm, like, trying to take pieces out of, like, you know, your entire story. And like you use the word obsession, so you like, like in the beginning you were obsessed. Well, some people tell me not to use the word obsessed. They're like, oh, so you're obsessed with this, or you're passionate, or something. But like, I think that's another level. No, I became an obsession. Yeah. Like I was obsessed. Yeah. So it becomes all you can think I about. Was, yeah. All, yeah. All it was. I don't think it's a negative thing at all. I mean, I was out there at all times of day, all yeah. times of night, doing whatever I could. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it was a competition. It was just like, probably because, oh, this person is like getting all this praise mm -hmm. and this, this, and that. But I was like, personally, I think their work sucks and my work's better. So I have to somehow work harder than yep. them to put out better work than they're putting mm -hmm. out and stuff. But they had no idea that I'm competing with them. They had no so idea. Nothing. Uh -uh. It's just like, um, I like that I quote know. better. Uh, it's, uh, Instead of follow your passion, it's follow your obsession. You know what I mean? That's kind of like what you went for. It's like you were so obsessed with this. It didn't matter. Like you're like experiencing like a tornado in your in your town and you're like calling these guys wanting to like see if you can work for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they could have been like, dude, what the hell? Like, yeah. Bro, no, like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
It's like, uh, no, bro. It's like, uh, yeah, sure. And, and um, I mean, we've kept connected too. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then like the, just having the connection. So it's like a mixture of like in, in for you was like the obsession of it. And it was, it wasn't necessarily even about money, you know, especially in the beginning, it was just like, you were just trying to take on any and all projects mm-hmm. that you thought, you know, that could help you, you know, in the future, you know and what I mean? somehow ended up as an editor for um, a reality TV show. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Like, yeah. I've never done anything that massive. Right. And the turnaround times were insane. So I don't think I've ever been that stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Unless it was like, you know, a legit team of us and it's like, all right, right. we're working on this together. Like, we know what's going on, whatever, right. whatever. But I had like the producer calling me all the time. Wow. And um, I would keep, when I would go to edit, I'd keep my phone in a separate room so I wouldn't have it on mm-hmm. as a distraction. But she would call me and text me and I wouldn't answer. So then she'd email me and it's like, like I'm working. Right. And then I get the phone. She's like, oh, like, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, I got all 12 calls. Like, <laughs> right. Six emails. Like, like, I was literally working on the thing. Episode four right now. Like, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Like, I don't keep my phone on me. Like, right, that. right. Like, let me do my thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's due by this time. I was like, I know it's due. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> that's why I'm ignoring your phone calls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's cool now. You know, that's on my resume. Yeah, and exactly. I also somehow ended up. Mm-hmm. As, um, like a casting assistant for The Voice. Oh, wow. And that was random. Like, I just fell onto that, and that was cool to watch, like, people sing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, if they came, if I went to go get them, it was like, all right, you're moving on like to the next part, so I'll see papers. Mm-hmm. And but if the other person went to get them, it was like, nah, you're not moving on. Right. right. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then what else? School oh, wow. they were learning and then just turning that into a YouTube series to oh, teach cool. other people. Very nice. It's like, yeah, we have these tools and info and shit, so why not put it out there for the rest of yeah. everyone else who can't go to film school? Right. So, so that's cool, and they teach you a whole bunch of stuff. They're still doing stuff like that. That's really cool. And that's really huge. And I only got that because I knew someone. I worked with someone whose um, husband was the main guy, Ryan, from Film Ryan. And I tried to get in on that for a long time, and mm-hmm. I was just always bugging. And um, finally, one day, his wife was like, "Oh, Jay, yeah, actually, they're looking for some actors and a location." And I was like, "I could do that. I know actors. Yeah. I know any actors. At all. I, was like, I know actors. <laughs> I, was like, I, I know some locations." 
I didn't know shit. Damn. But I was like, yeah, man, I forget that. I know people. And, um, it's so I interesting. I went on to the university. I was in a couple of uh, clubs in the university. Even though I didn't go to the university, mm-hmm. I just got in those groups. And I was young enough to where it was like, you just put a backpack on and walk around campus. You're a student. Oh, wow. And I would just join these clubs and sit in on, like, you know, the short film clubs. That's hilarious. And meet people. And they're like, hey, we need a house to shoot in. I was like, I have a house. <laughs> and it's like, all right, cool. And I let this dude um, shoot his short film at my house. And what was really weird was like, oh, hey, like, do you have a bathroom? I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. You know, it's over here. He, like, blew up my bathroom. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Fart, nothing, storm. Nice. Like, what in the fuck, bro? Like, <laughs> Trying to be nice. Like, right. Oh, <laughs> right. No, man. You're going to have like, to go to the store. My house or this. <laughs> you're, you're four hours over time. Right. Oh, wow. Like, Dang. It's a whole thing. So I was like, but it was like, you know, the person of people. So right, right. Fine, you know, yeah. Shit in yeah. Um, but yeah, I met more and more people just through that. And uh, with that Adobe thing with Film Riot, I was like, I, I uh, reached out into that club, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, um, I'm looking for some actors for, and like they know Film Riot too, because they're in school for that kind of stuff, so they're like, I was like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew too that if I threw that out there, that more people would want to work for me because they think that I'm connected to them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they would let me do more shit, and yeah. like, oh, right, you know, this is that, but uh, I just worked on that one little project with Film Riot. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. And um, so, yeah, I just met more and more people. I just kept doing more shit. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, so, after all of that, it's like like I'm starting to kind of see, like, the the things that, like, kind of, like, helped you. Um, I guess, you know, for whoever's listening, you know, breaking it down and summarizing, like, what are the key components that you think that, like, really helped you get to get you where you are today? You know, we talked about obsession. We talked about like doing things not for money, but for the the thing itself. You know, and then you had also mentioned like relationships too. Like, would you agree to that? So, I think my thing was hunger. Like mm. literally, I was like, like that. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I need to figure something out. You're literally hungry too. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I got lucky and I got the camera, and um, it was just more passion at that time I think right. where I was surprised that I was taking these kind of benefits and then I was like how can I turn this into a career mm. um, so then I started working towards that just building a portfolio and everything that I did for the first like I don't know three years or so pretty much was for free wow yeah and my very first wedding that I did um, was for a hundred dollars mm. which basically just paid for gas and a meal at the end of the night. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't care. As right. long as, like, the people knew that I'd never done a wedding before, mm-hmm. they were giving me $100, and they didn't expect the world that it was like, all right, I'll right. do this for you. Yeah. And um, so I did that, but it was, like, just to build that portfolio and have that experience yeah. of what that's like. And then, you know, a few years later, I went on to build a wedding for, like, four grand. Oh, wow. So it's, like, I wouldn't have made that four grand if I didn't take that one wedding job for like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, so I think yeah, sometimes people get caught up in the money aspect. Yeah. Because you need money. Right. I, mean, I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, but I also was I needed to do 
Right. That was currency for me, mm-hmm. like just the, the creative part, mm-hmm. like being able to create shit. Wow. And, and meeting people who also wanted to be a part of that or would let me be a part of their creative thing. Right. Um, I think one thing that I left out because I've done some random shit was that um, I even tried to have a mentor at one point, and um, it was the actor um, Jason Lee. Mm. That dude from like Mallrats and My Name is Earl. My Name was Earl, yeah. Um, yeah. I ran into that guy because he ended up moving to Denton. And I hung out with him a couple of times. We had lunch and stuff. That's awesome. That was because I knew someone. Yeah, who, like, okay. I knew him. Yeah. And um, then I went to his um, little studio and we were hanging out. And he just had like a refrigerator full of film. Like, wow. Crazy amounts of film. And um, he just gave me some. And he was like, hey, try this out. Like, have you ever Okay. <laughs> it was just more like that where it's like hey just try this little film out and it's like alright cool and I would do it and then we would look at stuff and it's like oh, okay but I think that was mainly because like I've always heard like oh get a mentor right. and stuff and I thought this guy like you know he was an actor and uh, he was into film mm-hmm. he's worked on productions and done movies and absolutely shows. yeah like that's what I'm trying to get into so maybe he has info um, but I think maybe at the time he was kind of over that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and was focusing more on personal uh, work as far as personal photography and mm-hmm. stuff goes and um, I was trying to be where he was like 10-15 years ago right and he's like now nah. it's like no dude I just cruise around the state with a few film cameras and I photograph old decrepit buildings mm-hmm. and abandoned gas stations and shit and it's like that's cool yeah and I was like hey can I join you on one of those trips yeah, absolutely and he was like yeah sure and a few months went by and he talked about going on one Oh, cool. Like, Let's go. Along yeah. Right. But at least I tried. Yeah. yeah you weren't afraid to ask That's and, the and thing. follow up again. Yeah. Right. Dang. Which is also like really cool. Right. Yeah. It's like mysterious. Mysterious. Yeah. I just want to pick his brain and be like, hey, dude. Right. The only thing I know about him is his Wikipedia page where he went to school for like philosophy and stuff. And that's cool. He just translated that into his movies. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe I need to read some philosophy. Yeah. Whatever he was reading. Right. Maybe I'll understand more of his work. But yeah. That's super awesome, man. 
I, um, yeah, I was just, um, interested in the whole, you know, step-by-step breakdown for, you know, anybody that's listening that would want to kind of follow like a similar path, like in photography and film. And, and I think, it's definitely not easy. no, um, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of it too, like, you know, there's photographers out there. Um, and it's all, I guess, in the ego too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm too good for that. Right. For free? What? Or, or like, you know, a project is above them or something. Yeah. Like, I think you're only probably hindering yourself too. Yep. Um, yeah, that's really important. And, but my thing was just like, I was just trying to create whatever I could when I could. Right. Like, number one, I was creating something. Mm-hmm. And then if it led to something else, then that's cool. Right. Um, if I didn't get paid for it, then fine. But it's like, what, I guess seeing the positive side of it, it's like, well, what did I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And some people, I was like, I just learned that I don't want to work with this kind of person anymore. Right. Or even if I don't want to work with them, I still learn something from the job. Yeah. Like um, all the music stuff, it kind of, I think, ruined concerts for me because <laughs> I do it for work. So it's like, yeah. And sometimes it sucks to go to a concert regularly now. Right. It's like, man, I used to be in like backstage, right. open bar, or I'm in the very VIP, front, or bro. Like VIP or something. Uh-huh. It's like, now I gotta buy my own VIP tickets. <laughs> I gotta pay for drinks. I gotta stand in this crowd. This <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, but even then, it's still like, I'll see it as from a photo aspect where mm. like, I'll watch a show and I'm like, oh, damn, that would have been a good shot. But like, yep. the right side of the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see it like that. But, I even watch movies like that or I'll watch a movie and I'm like, oh damn. Breaking it apart. They probably did this this way. That's cool. Like mm-hmm. So that's, but I like that kind of stuff. Right. Like, and again, it's like an obsession. I, uh, even last night, I was watching um, sample clips from like the Ursa Mini Pro 12K camera that came out. Wow. Like, I'm not going to buy that camera. But it's like, I just still want to see what the footage looks like. Yeah. Or whatever. And mm-hmm. What's the difference between um, the camera, the cinema camera that I have, because mm-hmm. it's the same company, so it's like, I didn't see a big difference, it's like, yeah, not worth investment for me. Right, I right. I wouldn't invest in it anyway, because I already have a camera, and sure. whatever. Uh, or I'll watch um, videos on how to do stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'll just edit for fun. Like, yeah. I'll download a video from YouTube, and then I'll just re-edit it, or try and create my own version of a trailer of something re-edit old photos um, like that's for fun that's fun for me right so I remember um, I, I interviewed for a job and they had asked me what I like to do for fun and I was like oh yeah man I like to you know um, edit videos and photos and this is that they're like no like not not like like for work like what do you like to do for fun and I'm like no that's what I like <laughs> yeah. to do for fun dude I like <laughs> yeah. to do photo and video stuff right. I like to edit like I do that for fun as a hobby yeah. on top of doing it money yeah i think that's what sets right yeah like yeah it sets you up like a different on a different level you know some people complain too i think i've seen recently about they call it side hustles like they're like oh you know your hobbies shouldn't be your side hustles like you shouldn't uh, monetize them it's like not healthy or something but it's like well why not yeah you know it's a hobby yeah but i have fun doing it and i enjoy doing it and if i can make money off of it then cool 
Yeah. Absolutely. Right. How is that unhealthy? Like some people, yeah, they rely on that for their income. Right. Um, I think that's different Mm -hmm. in a way. And I, I even did that too, where I have my day job and my hobby was a side hustle, but it was like still a hobby. I had fun doing it. worth it yeah yeah exactly you were doing what you wanted to do yeah don't don't shame me right right yeah yeah man that's uh that's that's awesome um we got to kind of wrap it up here but um yeah i really appreciate you coming on and telling us your story i think it's really inspiring and uh you know just like everything that you've gone through and, and you know it's just you just went for it i think that's like the really cool part about it like it almost seemed like you were just, you just didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? You're just like, fuck it. Like, just give yeah, me everything. I, I mean, I know we got to wrap up, but it's like a lot of people get too caught up, I think, in what other people think mm-hmm. of their work. And I think mm-hmm. I do that sometimes too. But say, I mean, I think that's more of probably with uh, my wife. Like, mm-hmm. I'll make something and, and it's not made like for her. Um, and I'm like, oh, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, I mean, I don't really like it. It's okay or whatever. Right. And I'm like, get on butter. <laughs> but it's like I know it's good right right, right. And you're not like the target audience for this or and you know or I made it for myself or something right mm-hmm. like you don't have to we see things differently sure like I think our taste in um, some foods are probably different mm-hmm. it's different like we don't have to like the same it's all subjective stuff. you know if you like the same stuff as your partner then you're basically dating yourself <laughs> yeah which is kind of weird <laughs> right um, so yeah I mean some people would Yeah. Like, I like it. This right. Is my shit. I'm proud of I it. it out there. Yep. Um, you don't get it. Some people might. Yeah. But there's also like, am I creating art for other people or am I creating it for myself? Mm. And I think right now it's for other people because I sell ads. Sure. So mm-hmm. it's like, right. I create ads. So it's like, how can I make this intriguing enough to get someone to want to buy this thing? Sure. And then I'll do that. But I mean, that's my day job. Right, it's a little different. Right. Same I did Starbucks. Like, it was like, hey, just get these drinks out as fast as possible um, Mm. for everyone. Instead Mm -hmm. of don't take the time to create your little latte art Mm -hmm. and all this shit that you want to do. Right. Um, But I still do that um, on the side as a hobby slash side hustle slash whatever you want to call it. Right, right. That's awesome, man. Um, I've got one question just maybe to wrap it up is um, in those early days and even now, what were you doing to give yourself that daily confidence and that drive? Mm. Like what are those things, especially now? I mean, now that we're a little older and more experienced, you know, what are the things that you do on a regular basis to keep a positive mindset and to keep that kind of almost self-confidence in your own work um, and just to get out there and continue to do those things every day? How do you, how do you stay, you know, how do you keep your head above water? That's a good one, right? Um, I think I just, I think it goes back to the obsession part. Nice. Watching what even other people are doing and being like, how did they do that? It's the curiosity part. Yeah, curiosity. That's a big one. All right, damn. Let me figure this out. I want to learn how to do that. Um, 
need to learn more and stuff. And that took me days. Mm. It's like, can I do that? How do I do that? And even with my own work, it's like, I, I think for a long time I did get too caught up in the ads and the money mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm. But it's like, well, I was paying my bills and stuff. And I was still mm-hmm. creating. Right. Know? So I create two things. I create the ads for the people the way they want them as far as the shop goes. But then I create my own version of them. And I color them in certain ways and things like that for me. Mm-hmm. Like dramatic. I was at a hotel shooting the lobby. And my version was all dramatic and slow and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But for an ad, it has to be brighter, lighter, quicker, right. faster. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think that kind of keeps me engaged. And it's also just like doing stuff that I like for me. Like, um, just following that general curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll see something and say, man, I want to record that. Yeah. See if I can do it. See if I can pull it off. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that too. Um, like even just going outside in my backyard, we have this banana tree, and I was like, man, this looks good from where I'm standing. And I just took my camera phone out, and I took a picture, and I edited it on there, and I made it look a certain way. And I was like, this could be an album yeah. cover art for like an indie pop band. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was just in my backyard just because I was standing here, and I just looked up. Yeah. Right. And um, I feel like most people just kind of wander around and just yeah. like going about yeah, their day. Mm-hmm. Like, shit all the time. Right. Um, I guess the way that an artist would see something. Mm. Maybe that artist is spreadsheets. <laughs> right. Right. That is <laughs> yeah, one you, of my arts, honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the way people look at their spreadsheets. That's the way I look at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. man. Just something so innate in you that it's part of your everyday. Yeah. You know, it's a kind of a. I wanted to go to school to be a doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, be like a pediatrician or surgeon or something. And I always wanted to do that. Mm. I loved it. But I'm still interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got that camera, I was like, nope, this is it. This is this it. Is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Cool. I get paid to do it. And I want to create this beautiful stuff. Nice. So I just started doing that. Yeah. Probably easier to practice that for free too in the beginning versus being a doctor. You're like, can I can I sell you up? Can oh I, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I'll do it for free. That's great. Right. Right. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, that's super funny, but, um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Um, you know, we'll do the whole social media thing. I don't know if you want to put your stuff out there just in case if like someone's listening, you know, wants to reach out to you. You good. Okay. Mysterious. Okay. We'll tag it in the description or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Is that cool? We'll put in the, okay. Put in the show notes, but, uh, but yeah, that is ATW above the water. Uh, again, thank you for coming out here and, uh, talking telling us your story man it was really inspiring that was a great story yeah right oh i'm the same way yeah yeah right yeah cool we out of here later right. peace